You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Yep. The Thunder did something that all the tanking fans hate. They won the game. They won the game. They won a closely contested game that could have gone either way, but they did the thing that competitors want to do. They won the game. I want to see those tanking tears. Yeah, a lot of people, mixed feelings, especially after that third quarter. We'll get into all that, though. I am Brady Trantham. I am joined by Mr. Connor Ayubi, a trusty, trusty intern who asks really good questions you got Dennis Schroeder to give a good answer. You're, you're you. good at what you do, Connor. I appreciate that. You're so really good, do. in fact, that I bumped Madison off tonight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Told her to stay at home. No, uh, Taking over. Madison texted me and just said, I don't want to be near you t- within 24 <laughs> hours of bedlam. And I was like, for good reason. Hurtful. Yeah. I can see the intensity behind your eyes. It's kind of no, scary. I'm about to cry. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know what to do tonight without Madison. Like, I, was, I don't know where to go. No. Uh, what exactly is my job? She pretty much chaperones you. Every I don't other game. know how to spell, you know, that, <laughs> w- which being a writer, that's kind of an issue. Kind of an issue. Kind of an issue. It is an issue. <laughs> it's a pretty big one. Like the spell check, it just tells me to do something else. Just start over. <laughs> start Erase over. It all. <laughs> start over. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Ah, you asshole. Anyway, so yes, the Thunder defeat the New Orleans Pelicans 109 104 a few days after that. Just atrocious performance. Yeah, that was ugly in Portland. Defensively, offensively, special teams. Even it was just <laughs> not in the cards <laughs> whatsoever. But um, no, this was this was obviously a good bounce back win, and, and the Thunder really needed needed it to be that way because that performance against Portland was bad. Like I said, but you go in you go into a Friday night home game. Crowd was rocking. Uh, good environment for basketball. Uh, the Thunder really took control early, and it seemed like Connor that this was just going to be kind of smooth sailing. But anybody that's paid attention to this team knows that you know, it was 18, not. <laughs> 19 games this season. It's n- it's typically not going to be that way unless you're playing Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. It's just the third quarters, man. Every the time. third quarters Every just continue time. to destroy this team. Yeah, and obviously they get the win tonight, but they just keep di- they keep building mountains that they have to climb, unnecessary mountains that they have to climb and overcome when they are controlling the game. And really, the only thing New Orleans really did, um, halftime adjustment, and this is actually kind of goes to the question that you asked Dennis Schroeder in the locker room, really the only adjustment they made was just not starting Jackson Hayes because physically he is just not there no. <laughs> in terms of being able to body uh, Steven Adams. They start Jaleel Okafor, and that's not necessarily the reason why the Thunder had such a bad third quarter compared to the Pelicans. But it played into just, okay, we can't go back to what worked early. What do we do now? And yeah. in the meanwhile, the Pelicans start scoring. And that's been the problem is it's not like teams make runs. Bad teams make runs. The thing that you do is while you're trying to figure out how to adjust to their adjustments is you hope that you have somebody or a few players that can at least match the scoring so the lead just doesn't get so far away from you or the lead doesn't build against you. For sure. And that's what's been plaguing this team in these third quarters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having having that fallback option guy is really something that, you know, a lot of a lot of teams in the NBA rely on for their success and the Thunder are just missing out on it big time. Uh, early in the game, it looked like Steven Adams might be able to fill that role for them tonight. 
Uh, you know, he came out and he had 10 of the Thunder's first 13 points, five of six from the field, and the rookie Jackson Hayes was just getting thrown around down low. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that was a tough look for him. <laughs> it was just, it, it looked like it looked like a professional basketball player playing against like a college player. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's he's uh, he's a super raw young prospect, really athletic with, with some upside, but right now he's just not physically prepared for those matchups, really. And uh, we talked with... Um, What's what's the what's Alvin Gentry? Alvin Gentry. I was about to say Monty Williams. I knew, Monty. knew that wasn't right. He's, that's a few years ago for the Pellies. But uh, yeah, we t- we talked to Gentry before. You're such the game. a Sun stand. I am. I just can't get him <laughs> off my mind. <laughs> no, we talked we talked to Gentry before the game. Another you know ex Phoenix Suns coach. So you know keeping with the trend. It all falls it back all, to the Suns. All roads lead to Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he he came out and mentioned this as such beforehand. Is that he he knew Jackson Hayes was going to potentially have some issues with Stephen Adams. Uh, he he said he tried to get him prepped for the matchup by you know don't don't go mano a mano with Steven Adams that's that's what uh, Gentry told us but he couldn't really avoid it early on they dumped the ball down to Adams in the post got him going with the pick and roll and he just was all over him uh, and then they moved in Jalil Okafor that little adjustment was helpful for them he's not quite as easy for Steven Adams to move so they didn't have Adams as that fall fallback guy but the rest of the team also just offensively defensively the third quarter was not pretty uh, they were outscored a total of 31 to 17 um, and that was you know despite every single game it seems Billy Donovan or someone on the team is getting asked about how they can fix the third quarter and every single game you know they say it's a point of emphasis for us it's something we're trying to work on and uh, it's just the, it hasn't gotten better and it, it's it's really a tough look and they need to figure something out quickly and Ideally, they would have you know a go-to guy that they could fall back on in those third quarters to just keep them in the game. But that's kind of it's it's kind of become apparent that Shea's not quite that guy yet. Gallinari could be that guy maybe if if maybe there was some more aggression. Chris Paul's not that guy anymore. And yeah, it's it's really just an issue that they need to solve, or they're going to continue to have to fight their way back into games. Y- yeah, and if it's going to be the guy that we all assume it's going to be, Shea Gildas Alexander, it's not going to happen next week. It's sure. not going to happen next month. This is going to be something that you're going to hope going into next season that he makes that type of jump because who knows what the roster looks like? Because the roster influences who your guy is and that in, in the way that For we're sure. talking about who your go-to guy is. And right now. He's surrounded by two other extremely talented ball handlers, two other guys that can – Chris Paul obviously is a starter. Shea Gildas Alexander could be, is a starter. Dennis Schroeder could start for maybe the bottom half of the league yeah, at point guard Eastern position. Yeah, teams. Yeah, <laughs> the Eastern <laughs> Conference. <laughs> I mean, Philly would love to have him. Oh, he, yeah, he would, he would tear it up in Philly for sure. No, um, th- again, this is going to be something for Shea. It's going to – if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next year and then beyond, and that's where you hope that adjustment comes from. But Billy Donovan actually said something a little interesting in the post game uh, after the game tonight, um, and he he kind of smiled. And he's like, "I know how this is going to sound, but I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I like that he, he being Shea Gillis Alexander. I like that he struggled tonight. Oh God! And the reason why is because he feels that adversity really brings out the best in players, and he he kind of differentiated between. There are guys with surface level confidence mm-hmm. and then deep confidence, and when they when players go through adversity, you find out what they are. And he said, even in these last seven eight games where Shea's uh, production has dropped off like the face of the earth yeah, in, in been, some respects, I mean the field goal percentage is down, the scoring, the attempts. I mean even the attempts are down. Yeah. Um, Billy has said that he's really taken to the extra effort that defenses have been putting on him and that he's encouraged that, yeah, like it's going to be a roller coaster because like I've said, like this is his extended rookie season. He's seeing a lot of different schemes thrown at him that he wasn't going to see uh, 
going into a year hypothetical year two with the LA Clippers. This is all new to him, um, but Billy is really encouraged about how he's taken to what defenses are throwing at him. He's not got d- discouraged. He's not got down. He's picking his spots. And f- for those that are just wanting him to just be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive, so you can see some type of output. I mean. To me, that's just a little misguided because this is the long game that we're talking about here when we talk about Shea Gildas Alexander. Definitely, I mean, four of thirteen tonight for him is another another rough shooting night after he's had a, a string of three or four now in a row where he just has struggled to get it going. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, it's understandable what Billy Donovan's saying. I, I've, when you first said that quote, I was worried that you were going to say that Billy Donovan. <laughs> it's revealed he's betting on games. No, <laughs> I'm like, so happy Shea. I, I should I should have <laughs> just played the quote with no context, and that's how we should just cold open. cut it off. Cut it's it like, off. <laughs> High intense drama here at Oklahoma in I Oklahoma want City. Shea to fail. Yeah, that's that's pretty intense coming from Billy, but I understand where he's coming from. And you know, Shea Gilders Alexander still had the second most field goal attempts on the team tonight. Uh, he wasn't super effective converting them, but I, I do like that he's he's continuing to try and get some things going. It seems to me like the biggest issue from the start of the year has been the fall off of his mid range jumper. Uh, which, you know, he started off the year in his first three games. He went for back-to-back career highs and then another solid night to start off the year. And he didn't miss a single step-back mid-range jumper in that time. I think he hit, like, his first eight or nine of them, which is just absurd. And, you know, he's not going to maintain that at all. And recently it kind of seems like that sort of facet of his game has fallen off a little bit, kind of regressed to the mean. And uh, as a result, he's just – I feel like he hasn't been quite as aggressive from three – he hasn't been – well, actually, I, maybe I shouldn't pump, say that. He pump fakes so much and tries to beat somebody off the dribble. Yeah, and he, he likes getting to his – Speed-wise, like, and he's told us this before, like he knows he's not the fastest guy in in on the yeah. floor. He tries to do it – he tries to beat guys in different ways other than just being blazing fast, faster than somebody like a Russell Westbrook. But he pump fakes all the time, and yeah. he's just not there athletically to be able to beat somebody or even the help defense because – Ideally, in that situation, okay, well, then get to the foul line. Well, he doesn't get to the foul line no, he, as he much mostly, as you would want. But again, these are all things that are going to more than likely improve because I, I mean, I like most of basketball world out there think Shea is going to be a budding superstar. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's he's having some struggles right now, and that's to be expected. Uh, a big result of it is, you know, he, he's not blazing fast off the first step. I think a big reason he goes to that pump fake so often is just he wants to try and get a little bit of off balance or someone to bite so that he can get a little bit of a, a little bit of room on them. Because once he's past a guy, if he's able to get there off of a dribble move, uh, he's, he's able to use his length really, really well still to finish around the rim with some scoop shots. Every once in a while, he'll hit him with a little fake and then go into a nice little fadeaway. Uh, so he's he's got the arsenal of moves. Things just really aren't falling for him right now. And, you know, I, I like that he's continuing to put up shots. I do wish that in moments like these where his offensive scoring is going through some issues, I wish he would maybe try and be a little bit more in tune with trying to create for others. Uh, you know, the assist numbers aren't everything, but three tonight is pretty pretty on par with what he's done. Yeah, I just don't know if that's his role on this team. It's true. I mean, and that and that's especially a- him playing wing, he's not going to be put in a lot of positions where he can even try and find somebody unless it's off of a pump fake. And then the help side comes over and crashes mm. onto him, and then he can kick it back out to the corner. I but those are say, like rare situations. Yeah, I, I should say that it's not entirely Shea's fault that this is an issue for him creating for others, but also a result of the position that Billy Donovan's putting him in. Where God, I mean, Billy Donovan just uh, hates Shea Gildas Alexander. I, I want him to <laughs> fail. <laughs> he does not want to see him prosper. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's playing probably out of position. We think at the two. 
Uh, and he has. I, I just want to see more flashes. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't Do care. You want to see Shay flash? Everybody? I want. I want Shay to flash <laughs> Chesapeake Energy Arena, and everyone can cheer. <laughs> I think that would. I don't really know if Canadians can do here. that, man. They're, no, they're too not nice. To. Yeah. Um, I think if he apologizes afterwards, actually, Canadian law, he's forgiven. It's not. <laughs> it's not streaking if you apologize. Tonight, I, tonight, I actually saw Shay Gildas Alexander get the most pissed off I've ever seen him, and it was you on that. So? Uh, I, I believe who fouled. Who fouled Josh Hart going to the rim in a Euro step? Was it Terrence Ferguson? I think it might have been, yeah. I think he I think he reached in on him there. He reached in on him and then they called Shea for the foul and he uh. was like <laughs> his eyes got so large. Yeah. He was like, What? Yeah. How I, dare you? I mean, when you're struggling a little bit on one end and uh, you get some bad calls on the other end, it'll it'll get in your head a little bit more. It's understandable from Shea, he's a human. <laughs> but yeah, I mean his struggles tonight were, you know, kind of kind of a trend that we've seen a little bit. But the Thunder were able to able to grit it out anyways, mm. which was pretty impressive. Large part of that was uh, Dennis Schroeder launching shots for the entire game, and oh, we'll get to this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really quick. One more thing on Shea. Like the yeah. first ten games, um, averaged forty-eight percent shooting on around seventeen field goal attempts per game. That's really good. Twenty-one points. He had a bunch of twenty-point um, outputs, of course. Yep. Um, going into tonight, so seven games since the tenth game of the year. Uh, going into tonight. Uh, Let's see, 41% shooting on 14 field goal attempts. So his field goal attempts are down 15 points per game. It's, the aggression is gone. But, again, once you get into this point in the year, you're no longer really surprising people. You're no yeah, longer really beating people because, like, oh, we, this is new. Yeah, I'm not used to this with the Thunder. So I, I, I don't know. This, this just, to me, reminds me of, like, a rookie. Like, look at Hamadou Diallo last year. Yeah. First 15, 20 games, like wow, this guy is exciting. Yeah, he he's 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 changing the momentum of games just by making athletic plays because teams just don't know what he is. Like, oh, who's this guy? And then after that, teams knew who he was, how to defend him. Okay, keep him off the offensive glass, crash down on him, make him beat you with his dribble, make him beat you with the shot. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't able to do that. And then Hami just basically kind of fell off the map. Well, he he got hurt, right? I mean, he's not he's out for four to six weeks. Um, it right? was two days ago, a year ago, because it was the oh you're talking you're talking about his rookie year last rookie year. I got gotcha, you, yes. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, once once teams start game planning for you, that's a whole different that's a whole different game for these guys, and uh, it's one of the reasons that people are talking so much or so excited about Pascal Siakam out in uh, out in Toronto is he's had these just huge leaps in his production year one to year two and now year two to year three he won most improved last year and honestly he's in contention for it again but the fact that now he doesn't have Kawhi there he's the guy that guys are that teams are game planning for and he's still been able to put up the production is the reason that everyone's so excited about him so Shea obviously is starting to get more of that focus in the game planning efforts from the other team and it's really they credit credit the defenses. They've really done a good job of slowing him down. Um, but honestly, I like no, I said, no one wants to credit those defenses. This is a Thunder podcast. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Shea just sucks. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I can score against those defenses. They're they they can't stay in front of anyone. Shea just he he doesn't have it anymore. He's done. Uh, yeah, but like I said, I, w I would really like to see a little bit more passing effort from him when those opportunities present themselves. Try and get a little bit creative with it. Um, and then honestly, on the defensive end, he's kind of wavered in his consistency to me he's had he had a few really good isolation plays uh specifically against drew holiday he does a good job of staying in front of those smaller guys uses his length to his advantage but whenever he was matching up against brandon ingram tonight oh man he was just getting destroyed you know inside and outside that's it's kind of interesting because 
I'm watching that matchup between Shea and Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, that's what you hope that he looks like next year. Yeah. Now, Brandon Ingram's development has been so slow, and some of that has been unfortunate because of his health, the health issue that he had going into this season from last season. Yeah. And that's, you know, something he can't control. But even before then, just inconsistent, not necessarily playing like it looked like he was a guy who just didn't know what he was supposed to be. And yeah. you can also kind of blame that on just the Lakers being a laugh out loud, <laughs> comically run organization. Yeah, he got out of there. It's crazy how all these players seem to improve once they leave LA. <laughs> Wild. No, but um, it was certainly a night and day thing when those two were, were matched up isolation mm-hmm. together. And again, that's just something that you hope. Two months, three months from now, you make you make subtle improvements, and then going into next year, Shea Gildas Alexander, I can't talk; it's late, <laughs> um, becomes that type of player. But you touched on the Dennis Schroeder shot attempts. Here we go. I want you to keep going with what you were um, going to talk about because you you're kind of you're kind of the numbers guy. Okay, a I would bit. just <laughs> I'm going to look something up, and I want sure. you to guess. I, I would love to. Okay. All right. So uh, how we'll, like how of the last ten games, how many times do you think Dennis Schroeder has led the the Thunder in shot attempts? The so last what, ten games. The how last many times ten has games. he led them. Yeah. All right. So I looked. Uh, man, maybe I sh- maybe I should be should have been studying my box scores more before this, but uh, I looked down and I was shocked to see that he had double, almost double the amount of shot attempts as the second most. The second most th- uh, in this game, Shea had 13, Dennis had 24. Out of the last 10, man, I would I would bet he's probably got six of them. And uh, do you know the answer? I'm still looking. still looking. I had an idea because I saw this what, yesterday. What, what, would you, what would your guess be before you, or I guess you, if you already peaked? Of the it, last but. seven games, I think it was four. Oh, you said it was the last seven? Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going out of 10. But yeah, the last seven, that, that sounds about right. He's He puts up shots off the bench like no other. He... Not does not shy away from pulling the trigger. Is this at a good all. thing? No. <laughs> I mean, I he's he's so. he's helped the Thunder win games. No, at times for sure. And like when he's feeling himself, he feels himself, and he he can get really hot in an instant. And once he does, he is not afraid to just start launching. He's not afraid to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, he goes to the Russell Westbrook school of saying. Th- things in media scrums like play basketball the right way and then when he's actually <laughs> playing basketball he plays he it like I'm going him. to score 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 yeah. every play see I I almost started worrying because he went through a stretch uh in the in the mid kind of early fourth quarter where he put up a few buckets in a row he finished with 12 points total in the fourth quarter and most of those came at the beginning and I was watching it and he's keeping the thunder in the game. I'm like, all right, this is a this is a good look from Schroeder. He's 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 got a nice little run going together. But at the same time, I was just nervous about what was to come. So like, once he starts hitting these shots, he's not going to stop taking those shots. And once you get down into the last two three minutes, he's not the guy that you want necessarily with the ball in his hands. The guy that you want trying to close out this game. And there was a stretch where he took and missed three pretty contested jumpers. One of them was a floater, two contested jumpers uh, that he just put up so early in the shot clock without very much ball movement at all. And after that, Billy Donovan called a timeout. It looks like they kind of reconsidered what they wanted their strategy to be on that end. Chris Paul started operating with more of the offense in his hand, moving it around a little bit more, and Schroeder didn't take another shot. And that was when the Thunder actually took control and closed out the game. So. It's good that he was able to take a step back and see see that after he missed three shots in a row, but I still don't like him forcing those just because he's hot, especially when it comes down to these close to games down the stretch. Yeah, because again, this team has three primary ball handlers on the team, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they'll play two at the same time. That they, they rarely play three, at least until they finish a game. Yeah, but um, they close with that a lot. Yeah, that's their closing lineup. 
The other two seem to not have a problem with sharing the basketball, getting the basketball moving around, finding Danilo Gallinari, finding whoever's out tonight. It was Abdul Nader. Dennis Schroeder is the only one out of them that has the I'm going to score first Yeah, mentality. I'm going to look for mine, and, and then if I can't get it, maybe we'll think about moving on. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know just – I don't know how you can find this out other than just looking at lineups and seeing how long Dennis and Shea have played together, you know, the last five or six, seven games. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it just it looks like from a philosophical standpoint, you're taking away opportunities from Shea Gildas Alexander. You're taking away from uh, Danilo Gallinari. You're taking away from Stephen Adams. I agree. And we'll get to Stephen Adams in a little bit because Dennis Schroeder actually said something interesting about him yeah. from your question. But I mean, I don't know because I think from a competitive standpoint, the team, the actual basketball team, wants to win games. When they go to practice and they go onto the floor to play a game, they're not thinking about well draft picks 100 percent, they, they are wanting to win games it's very apparent and that's for sure commendable yeah um at the same time billy donovan is not a fool he knows that dennis schroeder chris paul those guys will probably not be here for the long haul and i'm trying to assume that billy wants to continue to be the thunders head coach past his contract mm-hmm. which is expiring this year who knows what happens but He's not a fool. He knows that if he just wastes this precious development time with Shea Gildas Alexander because Dennis Schroeder wants to get twenty shots up a game. Yeah. Like to me that's just it's silly. It's, you, you don't want Shea to learn how to be the second or third option. For sure. It's not it's not a horrible thing that Dennis is coming off the bench and putting up these shots because quite frankly, there's not a lot of other guys on that on on their bench rotation that are going to be putting up and knocking down shots. Besides How dare Abdel, you? Besides Abdel Nader <laughs> the last two nights who just turned into Yeah, the bench a scored, beast. what, 58 Fif- points? Yeah, I think they had 58-59 tonight, something crazy. But they, And then the other night, too, they they had a really good really good yeah, outing. Abdul Nader had 23 points the other night, career yeah. high, and then came uh, tonight he had 19. Yep, came hit, back with 19. And hit shots that were... Four out of five from three. Hit Woo! shots that were... Um, I, I don't want to say sustainable because this is Abdul Nader, but they weren't like trash gimmicky. Yeah, it, it they, they, like, were, they were within what he typically tries to yeah. do. They just happened to fall tonight. So we'll see down. if he can keep that scoring up because the Thunder are going to need it with okay. Hamadou Diallo out exactly. for the next month or so. so. And, and that's what I was going to say is that, you know, even though I don't mind Dennis coming off the bench and taking these shots, when it's coming down to the end of these close games and – I think that a big reason that Billy Donovan is sticking with this three-guard lineup, especially recently, is because they don't have that Hamadou Diallo uh, option off the bench. I think he fits in with that lineup a lot better if you go with Shea, Chris Paul, Hami, and then Danilo and Steven Adams as opposed to Dennis in that he just, third He spot. just helps the athleticism, just that alone. Yeah. Because you can tell, like, the Thunder last few games, their athleticism... They have some, but we kind of talked about Shea. He, he's not fast. He's not mm-hmm. blazing fast. He's also not overtly strong chris paul is 35 years old and and small. i am divorced and i live in a van down my river no, I'm just um dennis Schroeder is fast but he has some physical limitations as well steven adams is hurt and yeah. still playing mm-hmm. nerlens noel is a backup center no definitely yeah. i mean ha- having hamadou diallo in that lineup to me is a big step up uh, especially on the defensive end and then it's almost a sort of like addition by subtraction thing on the offensive side to me as well just you know he's he's not a guy that's going to be demanding the ball in his hands he'll get his when other people are setting him up off of cuts uh, off of things like that getting going in fast break but he allows Chris Paul and Shea Gillages Alexander to c- control the ball try and set up uh, them each other trying to set up Steven Adams and especially Danilo Gallinari i would like to see a lot more action run for him to set him up 
but yeah, when Dennis Schroeder, he kind of throws, kind of throws a little wrench in that. Even when he's not just trying to get it himself, he's still. I don't know. I, I would like to see him defer a little bit more to those other guys. Yeah, Billy kind of threw a softball when asked uh, Joe Masato from the Oklahoma and asked Billy specifically in the post game, like, "Do you like that number? Twenty-four yeah. shot attempts from Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> it's a lot." And Billy, you know, Billy's never going to be the type of guy to throw his guys under the bus for whatever reason. I don't know why he would throw him under the bus other than just saying, "Yeah, that's that's too much from one guy on this team." Yeah. And from other questions that he's answered, like I asked him a question about, like, do you necessarily need a guy to help match scoring in these third quarters, like one guy? Mm -hmm. And he told me, like, this is a team that generates shots through ball movement. So with that logic, he would probably not like 24 shot attempts from Dennis Schroeder, but it really helped tonight. Uh, But Billy described Dennis as kind of having a stubborn, a silly, a weird stubbornness of we're not losing today. Yeah. And, you know, Russell so had he wants that. To throw Dennis those best Sh- guys out there. Dennis Schroeder has that, and it is commendable, and it does help you win games mm-hmm. here and there. But um, I'm still trying to figure out where this franchise is. Like, in the short term, yes, they want to win games as much as they can. Uh, long term, when they lose games, they it's easier to see the long term picture there. But meanwhile, you don't need to be taking a lot of developmental reps away from some guys just so Dennis Schroeder can get 20 shots up a game because he has 17 or more shot attempts out of the last seven games five times. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, they the Thunder as an organization generally do a good job of trying to get their younger guys, the guys that they're trying to develop reps, um, plenty of minutes for guys like Terrence Ferguson, Shea, Darius Baisley, and uh, Hamadou Diallo when he's not out with injury. But in those minutes, like, I, I just think that they're not getting any – actions that are setting up some of those guys for opportunities to score Terrence Ferguson played a good amount of time with the bench lineup tonight and he only had four shot attempts Darius Baisley had three shot attempts Uh, they're not running stuff that's actually trying to put them in a position to succeed and even though they're not polished offensive players half-court offensive players at this point like the way that they need to the way that they can become that is by running stuff for them and they can afford that right they can they're not fighting for like high seeds in the western conference they can afford to right let's just try something let's run some sets through terrence ferguson i agree i i think that that's definitely not a thing that they should be shying away from and uh, when De- when Dennis Schroeder comes out and puts up 24 shots, that's tough to do. It just doesn't leave many for the other guys. Now, that and might come like if the fire sale happens at oh, any point possible. this season. Like, <laughs> that's when we can probably see a lot of point forward Darius Baisley taking yeah, the ball up the floor. I would not be mad about it. Not be mad about it. He's got that, uh, he's got that Lamar Odom vibe about him that I, I want to see a little more of. Uh, he was not on crack. Um, but, <laughs> I'm sorry. Who is on crack? Yeah, it is. I was looking at a box score. I, I fell asleep at the wheel on that one. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting for you. Uh, yeah, but I mean, just maybe one last thing on Dennis. It is, you know, people who might want to peek the box score might notice that he did have seven assists tonight, which uh, led the Thunder's the Thunder's team. But I feel like three of those were just like absolute last ditch efforts because he was trying to score. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things where like and he would get caught. <laughs> he would get caught in midair and just turn around and, and throw he'd, it he'd at somebody. Get rid of and, they, and they hit the shot. Yeah, so Nader, cool. Nader was knocking him down. I think multiple came off of just swing passes to Nader. Uh, but you know, even even though sh- he had that solid assist number at seven, like I still think that 
he doesn't need to be controlling the ball every single time. And when you have an assist, generally that means that you're the one that was controlling the ball for that possession, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, he led to some buckets. But I do think that it would do them better to try and get more movement, more off-ball actions, and putting the ball in different guys' hands. Because, you know, Shooter can still be effective off-ball. Like, he doesn't... He just he can't he wants the he ball can't, in his hand. He, he doesn't shoot though. Need. Like that's the problem is he can't it's shoot. True. Yeah. That's true. But I'm saying like off of a off a quick catch and go sort of thing for him. And yeah, it's not like he's afraid to shoot. And they're letting him shoot. He put up nine threes tonight. And uh, so you know, even though his numbers are low, like <laughs> it seems like the Thunder treat him as if he's a shooter. He he had the green light on a few. Of them. He he put up one or two where it like touched his hands and he didn't even go to a full motion. He just tossed it up at the rim and it just made me so sad. <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted he someone big, else to touch the ball. Yeah, I don't want to throw Dennis under the bus too much. He no, did, he, 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 he hit game. some big shots tonight, obviously. And without his offense, the Thunder lose this game. They they lose yeah. this game. Like Dennis didn't really do that much in the first half. That was mainly due to Stephen Adams early on. Mm-hmm. We'll get to him in just a few seconds, and then the team just playing really well on both ends of the floor. They really needed Dennis in the second half because of that third quarter hole that they dug themselves. For so sure. credit to Dennis Schroeder. He he was probably if we had to do a player of the game, I guess would we say it's Dennis Schroeder? I mean, there's, I guess, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think not, it's there's not it's, too many. It's either going to be him yeah, or Abdul Nader. Yeah, it maybe, pro- might maybe be Abdul Nader for like the, you know. just the uniqueness of it. Yeah, he's and not he certainly played well, but yeah. Man. No, Dennis, Dennis had a solid game, and I definitely. I, I probably came across as if I'm hating on Dennis a lot, but I, I like him as a player, and I think he's a really good guy to have as your backup point guard. Uh, I wouldn't love him as a starter on this team or on most teams, but as your backup point guard, he's one of the best in the league at that spot. And, you know, he comes off and tries to give you a scoring spark. He puts up a few too many shots like he had tonight and has done a few times throughout the season. And, you know, that's something that you live with. He's still a talented guy, and maybe there's some adjustments they can make to try and try and get that uh, get that going a little bit different, get some offensive flow on the bench in the future. But they still put up their numbers tonight. That they did. That they did. Stephen <laughs> Adams. Let's get to it. So Billy has said in recent weeks, since Stephen has come back from those knee contusion, uh, uh, knee contusion injury mm-hmm. where what kept, I think it kept him out two consecutive games. Yeah, two or two three. Or th- two or three. Um, he said since then that uh, he has no minutes restriction, none of that. We're just going to monitor how he feels in-game, yeah. like in person. Okay, that makes sense. But it's essentially well, a minutes restriction. It's essentially <laughs> a minutes restriction. And Royce Young in the post game asked Billy again, like, is there a minutes restriction? And Billy said the same thing over and over again. He just uh, wants to leave the opportunity for him to play 48 minutes, I guess. I guess so. Why not? I, but then you asked Dennis a really good question. Oh, so thank you. the floor is yours. Okay, uh, yeah, so I asked Dennis, uh, coming into the postgame, I noticed that right off the bat, Jackson Hayes, who's a rookie out of Texas, 19-year-old kid, 7 foot tall, but he's just real lanky, doesn't quite have a starting center NBA-type body yet. Uh, and he, So Steven Adams comes out, kind of lights him up. So I, and, and then in the second half, and for a lot of the rest of the game, uh, Alvin Gentry made the adjustment and made sure that they had Jaleel Okafor in pretty much every Stephen time. Steven Adams, Adams. stopper Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. <laughs> Jaleel Okafor, I feel like, has his best games against the Thunder. He looked really good tonight. Last like, year, he, he, player. last year he earned this contract by Destroyed starting <laughs> starting in <laughs> starting for Anthony Davis, who we all learned, you know. Yeah. He was uh, with his shenanigans. But he had a really good game here in Oklahoma City last year, and it 
like the Pelicans are like, hey, let's bring him back. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so they you know they started him off the second half instead of Jackson Hayes after Hayes just got dominated by Stephen Adams early. Uh, but I basically went in and asked Dennis Schroeder. Um, I, I asked him, you know, how much of it? How much of you passing the ball to Stephen and getting him looks down low? How much of that is affected by who's matching up with it? Because early on he got six quick shot attempts in the first three minutes against Jackson Hayes and dominated him. And then the rest of the game when he was against Ja, he only had three shot attempts, didn't score until the last minute of the game when he got a couple of uh, tip-ins and a nice dunk. Um, and Dennis had a, had a pretty interesting response for me. You know, He basically said that he thinks that Steven Adams can dominate anyone on any given night uh, and that Ja wasn't really an impactor on why they didn't give him the ball. And he made sure to mention that maybe we should have gotten the big, fall, the big fella the ball a little bit more uh, throughout the game as opposed to let that kind of stall out after a hot start. Um, so, yeah, But he also s- he also just bluntly said he's hurt. Oh, yeah, he's that, injured. Was, that was the And big he's part playing through too. injury, and we yeah. really appreciate that. It's cool to see. But, yeah, like, obviously, we, like, Billy hasn't said. really been shy to say that we know he's de- – he, Billy has always said that he's still dealing with stuff. But yeah. Dennis just was like, no, he's, he's hurt. hurt. Playing hurt. Yeah, that, that that is definitely – he said it straight out. Um, and, you know, he kind of used that as a reason for maybe they don't want to – be pushing the ball at him too much is what he seemed to be implying is that they don't want to overwork him on the offensive end because he does uh, so much yeah we all know the story he does a lot on defense uh, that yeah. you don't really get to see yeah it's definitely. like it kind of makes sense from that standpoint he but crashed the boards real well tonight too t- solid 12 rebounds three of those offensive he was uh some of the best help defense i think this year he's been that's one of those things that you expect to get from him every single night and he hasn't been quite as consistent as I would like to see uh, through the start of the season but tonight he looked really good rotating and he got a few blocks on some guys so solid effort there for for Steven but yeah Dennis said he was playing hurt and he's playing through it and he's fighting through it for the Thunder Uh, despite them not being a playoff contender necessarily it doesn't look like it right now he's do he's going through that and putting himself out there for the team anyways and Dennis just said that they're really appreciative of it and they love him for it and uh, maybe they maybe they might reward him they, with a few more touches they need next to time. Just not run him into the ground. I, yeah, I, I, agree. I don't. I don't get it. I understand their their standpoint of we're not going to load manage Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul. If they if they're healthy, they're mm-hmm. the type of players that want to play. I get that, but they need to take a we're we're the front office. We are the medical staff. We're your coach, Stephen. Like you are not a hundred percent. We cannot play you because of. Your grinding style of play it yeah, wears and wears and wears, and the last thing they they want to do is have him limp into this you know the second half of the season, going into the off season, still dealing with this minor injury that can nag, but it nags because of his style of play A and B that he's still out there, and I know his minutes are down. Yeah, I mean, but he, just sit him. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad point, and you know he's only playing twenty four minutes a night, which is a little bit down from his career averages, I think. Every single time they bring him off the floor, he goes back into the tunnel. Yeah, he's, he's just he's doing done the that biking. for years. Yeah, yeah. So it, and that's one of my favorite things to watch. Like since the the Steve Nash used to lie down and get get the rest. Oh, on the Laker, back, Lakers, Steve Nash. Like I'm exactly, just gonna, I'm just gonna lay down. Nash. Yeah, he had to had to go full reclining just to get some pressure off it. So Steven, I guess, does that uh, to help with the contusion, the biking, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm fully in favor of sitting him. I think if a guy can play, you play him. And I mean, there there's times throughout these games where he looks like 
he's completely healthy and you know he might not move as quickly for the whole game as he can but i think that you know he's a professional athlete he knows himself and if he wants to play let him play and i i i'm not i don't hate the thunder for it if they want to rest him every once in a while on back-to-backs that's good but it would make me pretty sad if they sat steven adams for you know an extended period of time because of this well that's what i mean by like they need to just have this I feel they just need to have this standpoint of like we're your boss yeah. and we're trying to look out for your best interest here. So would it's you just, want, it's would not want to would you want to see him sit out for like an extended period? Yeah, of time like not not just a, not just a game or not just the second night of back to back. Just say we're going to shut you down for this week. Interesting. So two weeks from now the Thunder play four or five games. They're all on the road. Just like so in this scenario, just like yeah, you're out. You've got Nerlens well, Noel who who is a very very good backup center who sure. can start games for you and Mascala be successful. can fill those minutes Mascala too. is there. Maybe you can see what you can have in Justin Patton. I would love forward. Some Justin Patton action. Still yeah. haven't seen it. <laughs> no. I mean like and then you can always of course like they've they've had a bunch of funky lineups where they have Danilo Gallinari at the 5 but again yeah. that kind of comes with Hamadou Diallo on the roster still or able to go I should yeah, say. Yeah, that one's been pretty rare. Um I I don't know. I just feel like like we said, like earlier, the Thunder are in a good position to where they can afford to do weird, funky things because they're not mm-hmm. fighting for the same goals that they were fighting for in previous years. You can afford, like Stephen, we just want you to be fine moving forward. We don't yeah. want you to just go eighty eighty-five percent. We want you to be a hundred percent. The only way that you can do that is just by resting. It's a fair idea for sure. I, I just think that knowing how reluctant this front office is to play guys that are injured. Just look at Andre Robertson. Like he, his return. That's a play. completely different story. <laughs> I know. I know that's a whole different ordeal. But it just seems to me like if a guy is not 100% or not going to be able to play, then they're going to have no hesitation to just sit him out um, and and let him rest it out. So it makes me think that Stephen Adams and the medical staff think that he can play through it a little bit. They're still going to take his minutes light. Maybe it's a type of injury. I'm, I'm no doctor, so I, I can't vouch one way or the other for this, but maybe it's a type of injury where they don't feel like just getting some rest for a little bit will heal it. It's something that maybe he can play through and shouldn't re-aggravate it most likely. Uh, so I feel like I trust this front office for the most part to make those kind of decisions. They haven't had any really gaffes in the past, like some different NBA front offices have had, have had where they sort of mismanage a player's injury mismanage a player's return from injury so in general i trust them that if they think that steven adams can play and steven adams thinks that he can play then let him get out there and let him get some minutes and he put up some pretty good production tonight but it's it's not the worst idea in the world no i mean that's what's going to happen yeah like, uh, this is just me trying to think differently i think late in the season we will see him probably get a few again like of games yeah so many factors can change what the thunder have been doing for the last 18 19 games like True. like we're, we're starting to get accustomed to patterns rotations how billy's trying to do things x y and z mm-hmm. with certain players and that can all change if Danilo gallinari is traded or yep. chris paul is traded yep. or dennis Schroeder is traded so yeah, I guess that's where we'll uh, table this one because it's New Orleans. They're going to play them again on Sunday. I didn't really feel like getting into Big the intricacies up. of this game. I wanted to get more bigger points, I guess. We broad thunder Broad ideas. thunder. Yeah, broad. Galaxy the, brain. The thunder will practice tomorrow, so before they uh, fly off to New Orleans for the second home-and-home home in this series, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, we'll get some sound and get some clarification on – uh, all things Thunder. All sorts of fun I'm things. mailing it in right now. I'm tired. Uh, real quick, Connor. <laughs> Get to bed, Brady. Ayubi. What kind of a name is that? Uh, it is Persian. Persian. Are you? Yeah. Are you Persian descent? I'm a. I'm a quarter Persian. My grandfather. Yeah, because you. Because you look 100 percent Blanco. Look, yeah, <laughs> I look pretty white. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the the last name throws some people off, but my uh, my grandfather is from Iran, born and raised, and then uh, 
he emigrated and he ended up marrying a Dutch woman. So oh, that's there. There it goes. Yeah, that classic, <laughs> that classic Iranian Dutch blood kind of <laughs> just quickly watered me down into a generic white guy. Who gave Who gave you the tall jeans? The tall jeans is from my mom's side. God bless her. Yeah, can, Dutch people are pretty tall. Dutch people are pretty tall. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah that helped me out a little bit. But uh, my grandfather and my dad are not not the tallest of folk. Do you claim Persian? Like, do you just like say? Do you just say that to like make people like go what? <laughs> I like it a little bit. I mean, if people ask me about the last name, then I I definitely I definitely like to throw it out there because I think it's pretty cool. Shout out shout out Persia, uh, <laughs> but you know, shout out my good friend Kamiar Morabian, who's uh, Persian as well. Heck yeah, Persians are awesome. Heck yeah. So you know, I I'm thinking I feel a little bit left out at the family gatherings, and I feel a little weird claiming full persian because i don't speak farsi like a lot of my cousins <laughs> so i'm thinking about being the first uh generic white guy to learn farsi dude you need to learn it you yeah i know get I, that rosetta stone i really um, yeah that's that's the plan i mean right now i'm doing this so i'm a little busy who is that um <laughs> we'll get was, on it who was we'll that persian player that persian player that played for dallas was it Mejri? yeah samaj samaj Mejri. he's from yeah. iran isn't he I'm not sure if he's from Iran or not, but uh, or Memphis had one like in the 2010, early 2010s. Yeah, there, I there feel have like been there a was few guys from over there. There's a lot of Turkish players. Oh, uh, that have that have I made their rounds. Hidu Turkulu. I used to live in Turkey uh, oh. when Hidu Turkulu uh, actually played for the national team. That was the first wow. NBA player that I ever saw play live. Nice was Hidu Turkulu. Um, I also that's where I learned how to play basketball. Now, wow. if anyone's ever seen that clip that Madison put out two years ago of me <laughs> shooting. Kind of half acidly, but it does paint a picture. <laughs> I, I was never a, a spot up sniper, let's just say. But uh, when I was really good, as good as I in my prime, when you peaked, when I peaked in basketball, it was when I played with Turkish kids. Heck yeah! When I lived in Insurlik, Turkey, it, God, it was so much fun. Like those yeah. guys know how to ball. So every time that there's a Turkish basketball player, I get a little soft spot love in my heart. And Miss Enes so Cantor. I loved, I, I loved it, uh, um, covering Enes Kanter for, for that sure. reason, of course. But yeah, the they best. always seem like they. They don't play like classic European players. They play like kind of a hybrid Euro street style to me. Like they they they, they don't play finesse in yeah. my opinion. Although Ennis Kanter is kind of finesse. British. Yeah, it's it's interesting kind of seeing when you play with different people from different areas of the world. There's it's just like such drastic drastically different styles of play. Like I have played somebody from New York City, for instance, oh, and yeah. that dude had crazy ass handles. Yeah, it's just that's his name just was how Antoine. It is. It, one of the best. Shout out Antoine. Best real time handles I've seen, like yeah. in a game <laughs> that I played in. I was like, I, I don't know what to do it's here. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's kind of crazy that you can tell such like regional differences within the United States, and then like I have uh, I have some good friends that are from like from from China. Uh, shout out, frankly, who's coming to visit. We're going to get him at an Oklahoma City Thunder. They're game. also seven foot six, like Yao Ming. They are not, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very, it's it, I don't know the style of play. Like you can, you can tell when you know, like it's a Chinese kid who's from America versus oh, this guy's from China. You can kind of tell by how they play when you match up with them. It's pretty yeah. obviously this is very general and not universally true, but that's that's kind of how I feel sometimes. You, 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 we all experience things. Yeah, we, for sure, for sure. But that's how we'll table this OKCA2 podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for staying up with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, I, I know that it's been kind of an overload of uh, content, but uh, we enjoy doing the Wednesday show, the weekly show at uh, the press in Oklahoma City, myself and Chisholm Holland and mm -hmm. Madison, whenever she's able to join us as well. Check it out. Um, 
we try to do different things on that show and talk more league stuff as opposed to just Thunder stuff. So it's not just, hey, there's an OKC82 podcast today and then tomorrow and then the next Every day. Every day forever. But every th- we try to do everything a little bit fresh, a little bit new for you all. But hopefully you guys are appreciating the content. Uh, we have fun doing it. Thank you guys for consuming it. It means a lot. Love you guys. But yeah, live from Chesapeake Energy Arena, Connor Ayubi, Brady Trantham signing off. Thank you guys so much. See you guys later. Peace.